Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Dr. Psych Mom Show. Today, we're going to be talking about um, the fact that it's really, you can't say that you love or respect your husband while you dismiss his need for sex or his desire for sex. And um, so there's a whole bunch of women that say, I love you, and they act like they're being loving, but they're not. Uh, much like how men say that I love you but refuse to like help the woman out around the house, they're also really not being loving. Like nobody's being loving if they dismiss something that's very important to their partner. But we'll talk about why this happens particularly for sex and physical affection right after I tell you that you must subscribe if you want to get over a hundred bonus episodes uh, that you can only get if you subscribe. And now that is separate from the Facebook group, which you should also join because it's awesome. Awesome and has a lot of people in it and a lot of people reach out to work with me on their sexual issues I can't work with everybody so I have hired a sexologist she's not a therapist but a clinical sexologist and she does coaching in any state or internationally so reach out if you want to be scheduled with Heather um, okay so anyway the, po- the point I'm trying to make with this, and I could probably say it in one sentence, but y'all seem to like to hear me talk. So the, the point is, you can't say that you love or respect your husband when you do not acknowledge that he is a sexual entity. So the, we're not talking about the people who are fighting between once a week sex and twice a week sex. I'm talking about the people who are lucky to get every six weeks sex, you know, or people who just don't have any sex or people that just don't have any kissing or don't have any touch. Basically, what you're saying to your husband by him being in a sexless marriage but you say that you love and respect him and and there are women who do this you know so you would think if a woman doesn't have sex with her husband doesn't she fucking hate him not always sometimes women just do not literally don't understand what it means that this is like a a part of marriage the one that guys get married for the way that you express love I've frequently made the analogy can you love a baby without touching it no you know what you can't love a man without touching him either or a higher libido woman or a physical touch woman or or anybody who likes touch which is pretty much most people because there's kids so there's babies there's toddlers all of them like touch to greater or lesser degree but they need it really to survive then there's men then there's like single women and monogamous women if you add up all these people it's a majority of humans need touch and really really want touch but anyway um So you can't say to your husband that you love and respect him, but that he just shouldn't want sex. He should just live in a sexless marriage. Many men, the the main point of being alive is to give and receive affection within a loving relationship for many people. You know, just like for many women, the main point of your life is to raise kids. Well, for many men, it's to have a loving relationship, which includes physical touch. If you say that you love and respect your husband, but he should just be in a sexless marriage, how do you love or respect him? Basically, you're saying, I deny you the most basic human need for touch, and you are like so 
kind of worthless. I know you're not saying it outright because now you're up in arms, but this is what the translation is. You are so either worthless or low self-esteem or stupid, one of any of these, you know, pleasant things, that you can't leave. Like you are either you drank the Kool-Aid, I have tried over the years to convince you that sex shouldn't matter and maybe now you believe it enough to stay, or you have such low self-esteem that you have to stay, or you just are of no worth on the dating market and would not be able to find anybody to have sex with you so you might as well stay. That's pretty much what it means because being in a sexless marriage is so bad that the idea that a guy would stay in it, it can't say anything good about him. You can't respect him and then think, you, you can't be like, well, there is a, you know, a very ambitious go get him kind of man that's very centered and confident and strong and gives up his basic, most core need as a human being because I don't like to. Like, that that doesn't make any sense. It does not make any sense. It would be like, would you respect a female friend who stayed in an abusive relationship? You might respect her in other ways, but you certainly would not think that she had high self-esteem. So in that way, you would think, oh, she's, I feel bad for her. She stays in an abusive relationship. I feel terrible for her. But um, is she like, you know, does she have self-worth? Does she... Is she healthy? Is she somebody that I look up to in this way? No, definitely not. You feel bad for her. She's making a bad decision. She's putting herself underneath and the other person above. And she's not understanding that she could do better. So, and and if the answer is, because many women think, but I take care of the kids and I'm good at cooking and I'm good, I'm good at cleaning, or maybe I don't do either of those things. Some women in sexless marriages don't do either of those either. And it's really case by case. And, uh, you know, I, I have a good job and um, I'm, I'm a really pleasant person. People like me. I have friends. So, you know what all that matters? It matters like pretty much like that's 10%. And then 90% is are you a loving wife? And 90% of that is are you affectionate? So no, it doesn't work like that. It would be like if a guy is like, I'm such a good husband. I make a lot of money. I'm very handsome. I work out all the time. Everybody likes me. I make very good jokes. Also, I'm a fall down drunk. But you know what? This is just one thing. It's just one trait that I happen to have. I am drunk all the time, basically after 6 p.m. But I'm a very good catch. Before 6 p.m., I'm awesome. No, is that a good catch? No, that's something that in it, it erases all of the previous things that I said. It doesn't matter anymore that he's handsome and in good shape and makes a lot of money because he is an alcoholic and that's a major problem to any woman that has any self-esteem. So it's the same exact thing, the sexless marriage thing, right? And so women don't say this to actually say to the man, I don't love or respect you. And that's why I'm, I'm making this podcast because many women, it's like, oh my God, really? That's how it seems? Well, shit. You know, it could be an eye opener to think that there's no amount of loving, quote unquote, loving behavior you could do, no amount of being thin or beautiful or whatever you think you're supposed to look like or act like or nice or, or um, you know, remembering birthdays or anything that makes up for not being physically loving. 
It's just like, it doesn't exist. It's like, can you be a good caretaker for a baby without picking up the baby? Can you figure out an appropriate way that you could um, comfort the baby with never picking up the baby? No, you can't. So it's, it's really very similar. And other things, other analogies, if women don't like the falling down drunk one, is uh, could a man be a good husband if he never smiled? Never smiles. He never smiles at you ever. And but he makes a lot of money, and he uh, is a. I can't be a great dad if he doesn't smile. So you, you get rid of that one. Oh, he smiles at the kids. Let's say okay, he smiles at the kids. This would be the equivalent of the woman who cuddles the kids, but not the man. He smiles at the kids, but when he turns to you, the smile drops off his face. He only looks at you with a frown. Could that man, I don't care, is he like a neurosurgeon that saves babies' lives in the most, uh, you know, prestigious occupation that, you know, whatever, would he be a good husband? No, because a big part of being a good husband, possibly 90% for many women of being a good husband, is somebody who acts like they like you. So if he doesn't act like he likes you, he's not a good husband. So then he is the uh, estimable, you know, pediatric neurosurgeon. That is your ex-husband, not your current husband, because you don't want to be with a man that every time he looks at you, the smile falls off his face. This doesn't even have to be an analogy because in many sexless marriages, this is the situation is that when the woman looks at the man, the smile does fall off her face in addition to that she doesn't have sex with him. But yet somehow she says she loves and respects him. How? Because a man who is not having sex, and my friend uh, Dad starting over actually says this a lot, this is the way that men measure their worth as a human being. Am I having an intimate relationship, a loving, intimate relationship with a woman? That means that like, I feel like a man. I feel good about myself. I have self-esteem. doesn't matter how much money you have, what kind of car you drive, or how you know jacked you are, as much as are you in an intimate, loving, sexual relationship with a woman. And if you're not, then you feel like shit. And so the, the point here really is that if you are a woman who has said, but I do all these other things and um, he just shouldn't need sex, it's, it's a non sequitur. You're not making any sense. So instead, something to say would be um, two things would be ethical to say. One is I have understood sex is very important to you since I love and respect you. I want to work on my issues around sex and particularly my issues around being dismissive around sex, probably from being raised in a very sex-negative home and sex-negative culture, uh, alongside whatever my own individual psychological issues are. I've done many podcasts about all these reasons, antidepressants, depression, anxiety, birth control, sexual trauma, uh, anything, like really anything, age, menopause, perimenopause, nursing, whatever the case may be. So you could either say that, or you could say, when I really think about it, I never want to have sex again. That's not fair to you, because you should go live your life, so I want a divorce. One of those. One of those is ethical. If you really cannot bring yourself in any way to be flexible around this idea and to try to work on having a physically loving relationship, then really you shouldn't be in the relationship because it, it isn't fair to the person. Because the person, the man, I mean, this he's got to take uh, ownership of this too, is putting his head in the sand and probably does have terribly low self-esteem, quite honestly, to stay in this kind of a situation. So if you really know 100% that you would beg your life, that you will not have any more sex with this person ever, will never kiss them with an open mouth again, and like literally, like you, you would stake a lot of money that you will not be having regular sex, even if there's a handful of sex times in your future, it will never be regular again, uh, then 
and you owe it to yourself to say to them, I cannot, I refuse to and or cannot for whatever reason, psychological or otherwise, ever be physically intimate again. So ethically, you can now make your decision. You know, you, you, are, uh, you are a worthy person. You would be able to have sex with somebody else. You would be able to be in a loving relationship with somebody else. And this is to be said if you really feel like the situation that we are talking about, which is that you, quote, love and respect your husband. Then, of course, he should have a relationship with somebody else. Now, there are some women that do say and that they're more sexually liberal. I don't want to have sex with you, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't. That's not ethical. So we should have an open marriage. All right, that's another way to deal with it. He can either say yes or no to that, but at least he's got an option. But many guys, and now if you're the guy, you should be listening to see if this is you, they put their head into the sand so far and they tell themselves that this is very temporary. Like, oh, when was the last time you had sex? Oh, 2009. It's temporary, though. She's been going through a lot of stress. She's been going through stress for 14 years. Give me a break. You know, I mean, it's that, that's not stress anymore. That is a lifestyle. So if your lifestyle style is celibacy or very, very infrequent sex, then you have to pull your head out of the sand and say, is this what I want for the rest of my life? Um, and how does my low self-esteem and probably growing up, seeing a father dismissed or invalidated by the mother, sometimes the inverse, doesn't always go exactly according to gender lines. Um, how does that influence how I think about things? Because many men feel that they just would never be able to get another partner. And so they might, the devil they know is better than the devil they don't. And as I discussed, again, with dad starting over, it's coming up twice already in this podcast. I better tag him when it comes out. Um, it, it's, it, it's not true. <laughs> there, but there are, there are guys that think that it's true. So if you are staying in a situation where your needs are never met and it's endless that you have to work on yourself but that she never works on this issue, then, you know, that is due to low self-esteem obviously. And if there is, there could be a million other variables going on, but low self-esteem is one of them for sure. And so it, you know, it, it leads to some deeper self-reflection, hopefully, on both sides of the people listening to this podcast, both the men and the women. If you really respect and admire your husband, then you think there's other women who would have sex with him. <laughs> and that if he's not having sex with you, it leaves him very ripe to fall in love with somebody else. You could respect the shit out of him and think that he would never have an affair. He may never have an affair. But what he may do, of course, as anybody would, man or woman who is being systematically denied affection, they will be susceptible to falling in love with somebody else unless they talk to literally no human, but that's not the situation, thank God, for most people. And almost anybody gives more positive affection and affirmation and validation than somebody who doesn't even want to touch you. So what you're saying basically is, I know I'm putting you at risk of falling in love with somebody else, but I don't care really. You know, because I don't want to do what I don't want to do. And it's the same, same exact situation for all my gender warriors that come out and say, oh, my God, you said something about men that you didn't say about women or the inverse. Oh, my God. Um, it's the same thing as when a man refuses to be romantic to the woman. Of course, if, if a man, uh, you know, at the grocery store says to her, boy, you look beautiful today. Of course, she's going to have an emotional fantasy about that man being her husband and how romantic that man would be if he's at all attractive you know 
And so you're really, by denying your spouse what they need, you are putting them at risk of being unfaithful, even just in their mind. And just in their mind is a gateway drug to everywhere else. Not in the case of like, because of course I talk about in bed, women have to think about whatever they want to think about and that's cool. Yeah, sure. Sexual fantasies are one thing. Emotional fantasies are very different. If you find yourself constantly imagining being married to somebody else because you feel that your husband is so cold or your wife is so cold or whatever, that is very much not a good situation. It's better to think as you walk out of Starbucks about having sex with the hot barista, you know, and that fantasy is over in 10 seconds than it is to have an ongoing fantasy about how the coworker that is so nice to you would be a nicer, more loving, more affectionate spouse than the one that you have. But people who are extremely lonely are at extreme risk of emotional affairs. And emotional affairs are worse than physical ones uh, many times. And of course, they often turn physical anyway. So really, it's an artificial dichotomy. So anyway, that, that's my point. If you love your spouse and you want to keep them and you want to keep them happy, if you respect them, then you understand that they have other options that aren't you. If you don't love or respect them, then you should set them free. So that is pretty much the summary statement. And I hope that this was very useful. And as I always try to be, and please do subscribe. And I will talk to you all soon. Have a great day.